This is The Good List. I'm Tish Oxenreiter. So there's a first happening right now. Almost every one of us that are parents are also homeschooling. And for many of you, this is a brand new thing, something you've never experienced before. It feels completely like being thrown into the deep end. I get it. We've actually homeschooled here and there over several years. And the past few years, my kids have gone to a three-day school where they do the rest of their schoolwork at home on the other two days. And I do this while also working from home full-time. So as you might guess, my life has not been turned as upside down as it might have been for some of you listening. But I feel for you, I really do, because it can be a very different way of life and experience for a lot of people. Well, I wanted to talk to one of my dear friends about this because she's been homeschooling for a long time. She and I are actually writing accountability partners across the miles with her in Washington and me in Texas. Her name is Sarah McKenzie, and she runs this thing called Read Aloud Revival, an online membership program that helps parents make the most of books and storytelling in their homes. She's also a mom of six and a homeschooler, and she works from home full time with her husband. So she's the resident expert here on what it's like to work from home, homeschool, and not go insane. So I wanted to chat with her for the good list because she has this radically simple idea. I even call it a non-idea because it's so simple that legit changed the way I homeschooled a few years ago. And I thought it might be encouraging to some of you right now, especially if it all feels overwhelming or like you're not doing enough or you're worried that certain things are falling through the cracks. So here's a recent chat from just a few days ago with my friend Sarah McKenzie. I hope you find it helpful. All right, Sarah. So I have told you before how you had this little hack about homeschooling that really changed the game for me a few years ago. And it's almost so simple. It's a non thing, but it really (laughs) was a game changer for me. So I would love for you to tell my listeners, especially those of you who are homeschooling for the first time in your life, and you feel like you just jumped in the deep end. Sarah, tell us more about uh, what you discovered in your own homeschooling life. Yeah. And actually, sometimes I think those simple things that seem like they should be non-things, to use your word, mm-hmm. <laughs> there end up being the most useful. Yeah. yeah. It's it's called loop scheduling. Um, and it's really just a scheduling method that helps you know what to do next and not get derailed by getting behind. I think one of the things that gets frustrating when you're homeschooling, when you're teaching your kids at home, um, and it's really just frustrating in parenting in general, even if you take the schooling out of it completely, mm-hmm. is feeling like you're getting behind on certain subjects. So when you plan a loop schedule, you're you're kind of thinking in ratios, although that sounds more complicated than it is. You don't assign a particular subject to a particular day. Instead, you just make a list and then you do the next thing on that list no matter what day it is. So mm-hmm. Uh, For example, I might say that, you know, from 9 to 11 or 9 to 10, I mean, it depends on how old your kids are and how many kids you have and all that good stuff, right? But I might say from 9 to 11, we're going to do our daily things, the stuff that needs to get done every day. There's, you know, math, reading, piano practice, whatever that is in your family. And then I might say from 11 to 12, uh, we do the next thing on our loop. And our loop would include subjects like history, science, maybe watching documentaries or nature shows. I'm going on a nature hike, geography, that kind of thing. You can throw fun things in there like playing games. Um, The idea behind it is that you're not going to try to get to every subject every day. So you pick a list of subjects 
books or activities that you want to get to regularly, but don't need to happen daily. You put them on a list and then you have a time set aside in your schedule where you just do the next thing on that loop, if that makes sense. Uh, and now you don't feel like you're, oh, we never have time to get to science or we never have time to play a game or whatever, because you're working those kinds of things into, I guess it's more like a rhythm, kind of like if you think of as, as um, a stack of cards. You're just like picking up the next card on top and it says, <laughs> read from, you know, read a chapter from your history book. And then you put it at the bottom of the stack and you pick up the next one and you just sort of get to as much as you can in the time you allotted for it and then move on. It's definitely, I think, an I the idea behind it is do the next things, just telling you what the next thing is so that you don't feel like you have to do all the things all the time and you're behind on the stuff that matters to you. And I think one of the reasons this is so kind of revolutionary is that so often we try to recreate school at home the way we know of school in the traditional model, where at you know 10 o'clock on Mondays, you go to art class, and then you have lunch, and then you have social studies at one. And that works in a classroom setting because you've got classroom management as a priority. Whenever you're homeschooling, and that's not a priority, and suddenly things take longer or someone hurts their knee and you got to, you know, address that issue. Or I, I, there's just a million things that can happen because it's in the midst of real life. You instantly feel behind. And so then you're, yeah. then you're like uh, faced with this dilemma. Do we just move on to the next thing and therefore skip this thing we actually want to do yet again because it didn't <laughs> happen? Or do we just kind of let it go and just address the next thing on the list. And I think that's what's so brilliant about it is that it's sort of being the boss of you. You know, it's like nobody's yeah, exactly. telling you it needs to be at a certain <laughs> time on a certain day. You just want to get to the things you care about. Exactly. Well, and two things about what you just said. One, that of course, things are going to interrupt your schedule. People are going to get sick or the schedule is going to get upended for lots of different reasons. Toilet's going to overflow, you know, whatever. Um, and you can't predict when those things are happening. So it's a way to sort of build in buffer without knowing when you're, which days you're going to need more of that. The other thing, though, I think that's really useful is that especially when you're learning at home, because it's not like a, um, you're not working with the same kind of classroom management you know, style or model as you are in a classroom, you have more freedom to dive into something that really piques your child's interest if you have margin built in. But for a lot of us, I think we think, yeah, I want my kids to be able to deep dive into something. But then, you know, if you've got 20 minutes or 45 minutes or whatever set aside for a history chapter and then it's time to move on to the next thing, it can feel like there's not really time built in to spend any extra time if your child expresses interest in something. So having that loop schedule says, okay, just do the next thing. And it might take you five minutes and it might take you an hour, but that's fine. And then the next day you just pick up where you left off. And then of course the idea is once you get through that list, you write, that's why it's called a loop because you loop right back up and you work through it again. Mm -hmm. And I want to say that there you have a second non-idea that is just as great. <laughs> I so that, many non-ideas, Dish. That, <laughs> that dovetails really well with this idea of loop scheduling. And it's just this idea of notebooks. Um, explain that a little bit and how that works for your kids. Because you, I mean, just for the listeners who don't know, Sarah has been homeschooling a long time and she has six kids and runs, I mean, you work full time from home. So you you do this all the time. This isn't just a quarantine specific life for you. So tell me about notebooks and how that makes all of this work better. Yeah, this really is going to sound way too simple, but it's helpful. So if you're finding yourself frustrated with your kids not knowing what they need to do each day or you not knowing what needs to be done that day, this might just work. You might want to try it. Um, I know when my friend suggested I try it, we had 
that had just had the twins. So we had three kids that were toddlers or babies. And then these three older kids I was trying to homeschool and it just felt like madness. She told me, get these spiral notebooks, you know, like the cheap kind you get at the supermarket that are, um, you know, lined paper. Mm -hmm. And you just write the day at the top for each, each of your kids has one of these. They work best, I think, for kids who can read on their own. Um, but you put the date at the top and then you really just write down everything that child is expected to do for school that day. And so I might write like, you know, their math sheet, reading for a half an hour, you know, do this map work in your geography book, whatever they have to do. And then I also put like time with mom if they need to sit and do phonics with me or writing with me or whatever it is they're going to. And basically they just, as soon as they're done working through that list, then they know it's, it sets a lot of expectations for them. Like they know what's expected from them right at the outset of the day, but also because you're handwriting it, it's a funny thing. It kind of helps us Number one, be more reasonable with how much we put on their list. Because if you're writing out, you know, a ton of things and filling up the entire paper, you realize really quickly, this isn't even doable, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's kind of, it manages your expectations, it manages theirs. Um, and one of the things that's been really helpful, especially because I work from home, like you mentioned, we have a lot of kids, it can be really easy to lose touch with some of your kids sometimes, not really know where they are in <laughs> certain subjects. Or yeah. So it's a really helpful way at the end of the day, I just take a second to like look over where they were. Oops, they forgot math today. I'll make sure I hit that. I'll put it on tomorrow's list, you know, and put a note, like start with this, you know, with a little smiley note or something. <laughs> sometimes they'll leave me notes back and forth in it. And it just ends up being a good way to check in. Um, and because like we were just saying, you can get behind, your day gets derailed because you're just writing at the end of each day. I'll write out a quick list for the next day. Um, if we don't get to something, it just moves to the next day. It's not like it messes up our whole lesson plan or color-coded printed out schedule or anything like that. It's very basic. Well, and I like that you said that because that's the way I started homeschooling. I had this just like beautiful vision of these spreadsheets that we would print and hang around the house and the kids would just know what to do at what time because it was this particular day and they would be of <laughs> course inspired to do science right now you know that kind of thing yeah. and so the the simplicity of the notebooks is what I think makes it work and I'll just add a little on top of that I have one kid that gets easily overwhelmed even by checklists he's kind of got some yes. executive functioning details I have found a little hack that sometimes helps him is Instead of writing it in a notebook, I will write it as a stack of sticky notes. And so, what, oh, I, good. So yeah. what I do is I stack them on top of each other. And so he literally can only see the top thing. So it'll just say math and whatever it is that he needs to do. And then when he's done, he tears off that sticky note and then it's the next thing. So he's not overwhelmed by, oh my gosh, I have 10 things on my list. He just sees mm -hmm. the thing in front of him. And then if he stops at the end of the day at that whatever thing and the sticky note list isn't done, that's fine. That just goes to the top then. So it's the same idea. It just helps the kid that is even overwhelmed by seeing like a very loosely written page of things for whatever reason that just stresses right. them out. My other two kids love checklists. So it's just a kid by kid thing. Well, and actually that post-it idea feels like loop scheduling on a post-it, right? It because it's like, as if he doesn't get it all done, that's that goes to the top for tomorrow. And then you add whatever at the bottom and you get to what you can get to. I kind of feel like it's hard for us to extend that kind of grace to ourselves, but also to our kids. You know, you can only get to what you can get to. And sometimes our expectations are, just aren't reasonable. And it's okay to, you know, 
admit that and help our kids realize like that's just kind of what it means to be alive. And so you're not going to always get to all the things on your list. So I think having some practices like that, you know, simple notebooks or loop scheduling, whatever, that are especially right now when everyone's feeling distracted and a little out of sorts, (laughs) to say the least, it just feels like a good time to say we're just we can get to what we can get to. So let's figure out what matters to us and put it on the list and we'll see how we go how it goes. Yeah, I mean, that's exactly right. I think this is the most grace filled way I can think of homeschooling right now, especially for those who are suddenly homeschooling. Because if your kid's not used to it, if you're not used to it, and none of us are used to this whole quarantine life, it's all a giant question mark. And so to me, this is just giving both your kid and you so much wiggle room to be a person and Mm -hmm. to have grace. And you know, when it's a sunny day out, and you need some outside time, you can just say, you know what, that's going to be a huge chunk of our checklist, we are going to be in the backyard. And we are going to, you know, do work on the lawn, or we're going to just sit outside and read books. And because that's what you need right now. And um, so the idea of loop scheduling, is perfect for that. So I'm so glad you shared it with the internet many moons ago. Who would have thought that it would be more apropos now than ever? Uh, No, no kidding. I love your wisdom and I love your normal person approach to homeschooling. I think that's what we all need now more than ever. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Thanks for having me, Tish. You can find Sarah's work at readaloudrevival.com and you can follow her on Instagram at readaloudrevival. And also check out her podcast of the same name. Thanks again, Sarah, for sharing your wisdom with the rest of us. And hey, just a little heads up. Across the industry, podcast download numbers have dropped quite a bit since people mostly no longer have commutes or walks to work or school. This means ad revenue has dropped significantly on many of the shows you love most, including this one. If you haven't yet, one huge way you can support this show is by sharing it. Pick a recent episode you've loved and pass the link on to a friend you think would enjoy it. You could even do a virtual podcast club where you listen to a show and then get together over Zoom or even just do a group text and talk about it. And then you can also support the show by signing up for my free weekly email called Five Quick Things, where I share five things I either created or loved for the week. Go to fivequickthings.email to sign up and you'll get the next weekly email that goes out on Friday mornings. And if you want to upgrade to a paid supporter, that's even better because it literally helps keep the show going. And thanks in advance. I'm on Twitter at Tish and sometimes on Instagram at Tish Hoxenreiter. And you can also find a transcript and show notes of this episode and all episodes at thegoodlistshow.com. And don't forget to leave me a voicemail or send me a voice recording telling me one thing you're doing to stay sane during your quarantine and social distancing. Leave me a voicemail at 401-684-GOOD, which goes directly to voicemail, or simply record your voice and email the voice file to hi at tishoxenwriter.com. Just state your name and where you're from, and what's one thing helping you get through all this right now, and we may feature it here on the show. Music for the show is by Kevin McLeod, and thanks as always to Caroline Tassell and Kyle Oxenwriter for their help, as well as my furry intern, Ginny. I'm Tish Oxenwriter, and I'll be back with you in just a few days. Thanks for listening to The Good List. Mm-hmm.